Oh, hallelujah. I said it's coming quick, church. Amen. Before I forget one quick announcement, there will be a women's and men's meeting immediately after church that I will be conducting. Amen. So uh, don't run out on me. There's things we need to talk about with the women and the men's ministry. But let's turn our Bibles this morning to the book of Matthew, the 24th chapter. We started a series last week. How are we doing back there, Brother Steve? We, are we on back there? Is it, all right, good job. All right. Praise the Lord. We started a series last week talking about Revelation's times. Revelation's times. Amen? So turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew, the 24th chapter. We're going to pick up at the first verse. We're not going to go through the whole chapter because there's so much to talk about. But we're going to go through, a, we're going to highlight some, some, uh, some scriptures here. Some of these scriptures we went through last week. And let me tell you, if you weren't here last week or you just don't remember uh, what we talked about last week, go to the Bowden Church of God YouTube and you'll be able to watch it. Revelations Times Part 1 is on YouTube right now. And this is Revelations Times Part 2 as we continue this series. Let's look at verse 1. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came unto him. For to show him the, t- the building of the temple. And Jesus said to them, see, see ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And he sat upon the Mount of Olives, and his disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when all these things shall be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in our service, Lord, in our songs. Lord, as we worship you with our singing, God, and as we worship you with our playing, Father, we we come to worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord, to to raise up a a sweet-smelling aroma of praise to the throne of heaven this morning. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to guide us even now as we dive into your word. And, Father, that you would anoint our ears and our minds to receive and to comprehend what thus saith the Holy Ghost this morning. Father, I ask you to hide your servant behind the cross. Let your anointing flow from the throne through my lips to their hearts and their ears this morning, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. amen. And amen. Go back to verse 2. It says, And Jesus said unto them, You shall not all these things, verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. I think it's, uh, it's very interesting. Just kind of a side note, I guess I just want to go here. Um, how many of y'all have heard of the Wailing Wall? Y'all heard of the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem? They go there and, and all that. Well, the problem I have with the Wailing Wall is that Jesus said there not be left here one stone upon another. Now, they believe the Wailing Wall is the outer court of the temple, but yet there has been, uh, there's been some archaeologists digging around, and it's also believed that that is not the wall of the temple, that is actually the Roman garrison that would have been above the temple. Because in Rome, whenever they conquered a nation, they would always build their... their um, military barracks on the highest hill to then look down at their subjects. And so this Wailing Wall may not be the Wailing Wall after all. It may actually be the Roman Wall from the garrison. Uh, Archaeologists are digging now and believing to find another location of where they believe this Temple Mount was located. This is very important that you remember this in the future to come. 
Because the scriptures tell us that the temple in Jerusalem must be built again before the Antichrist comes. So it's very important that you notice that. But look at what Jesus said. Now here left one stone upon another. And he sat upon the Mount of Olives and the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us what these, these things shall be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world. And in verse 4, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And we talked about this last week, how there's already been false Christ, people telling us to follow them because they are Jesus Christ, and we know they are not. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, and see that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nations, and kingdoms against kingdoms, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes and divers places. How many of y'all realize that we are living in that right now? That nations are rising against nations. There is earthquakes in diverse places, 7.9 on the Richter scale. And so earthquakes are happening. This poor country of Haiti, they can't get a break. I mean, it's either a hurricane or an earthquake. I mean, Haiti's just being ravished uh, all the time with something going on. But look at what it says here in verse 8. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. One translation is all of these are the beginning of birth pains. Describing as a woman is giving birth to a child. The birth pain that you guys go through in giving that birth. So all these are that. Another translation said all these are the beginning of grieving. A time of grieving. Church, have we not been grieving since 2019? Have we not been grieving in our nation I mean, how many funerals do we have to go to? How many good people we know has passed on uh, and, and, and is going on? My, my best friend passed away. He's the same age I am. And he just had a birthday on the 15th of October. And, um, you know, my mind always thinks of him on that day because we always called one another. I called him on his birthday. He around and called me. I called him an old man. He called me grandpa because I had grandkids first. But I always reminded him, but yet you're seven days older than me. Amen. So I always picked on him, but I couldn't do that this year. Um, so I picked up the phone and I did the next best thing. I called his wife and I talked to her and, and gave her our expression of love and concern for the family. But how many people do we know has passed away? Amen. How many people do we know that has, has, has had something going wrong with them? We are living in a time of grieving. And I believe that this is the timeline. If you want to call say, where is the timeline of the church in the end times that we are in today? What is the timeline? I would say it's right there. Park the car on verse 8. We are in a time of grieving. This is the beginning of the grieving time that we are going into. Okay? Let's move on. It says, And they shall deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. You know, I shared this with you last week and I'll share it again. That in Australia, the lockdown is so severe uh, that the people who are protesting the lockdowns are getting locked up and put in jail. Uh, and there was, a, there was one situation where this pregnant lady, and I talked about this last week, this pregnant woman, they, they had cameras on her when they went into a restaurant. She's inside of her house. She's pregnant. She's got children. Her only crime was, was putting her opinion about the protests and, and the lockdown on Facebook. That was her crime. 
that she, she expressed, you know, freedom of expression, just freedom of speech that you and I take so much advantage of here in America is not a privilege in other countries. In Australia, they don't have the right of freedom of speech. This woman was arrested because of her Facebook post. They charged her with trying to incite a riot, trying to stir people up and get things going. I want to say we need to get things going. We need to incite people, amen, and, and bring people to a conclusion that, hey, everything is not right with the world. Amen. And that was this woman's only crime. Amen. And, and, and my mind and my question went to how did the police find out? How did the government know? Facebook is working with the government. Facebook is working with the police. Don't think it different. They are. I know we, on, we Congress, we see Congress is hounding Facebook and, and going to force them to answer some hard questions. And Congress is, is, is making them walk on the red carpet. And they're going to answer uh, to the Congress. I'm going to tell you something. That's nothing but a show. That's nothing but a show. They are in bed together. The big tech companies that are in bed together with our government. They are the ones orchestrating this. Amen. If you don't believe me, just keep your eyes open for a few more years and you'll become to realize I'm telling you the truth. They are in bed with the government. They, everything is orchestrated. They are working as a team. Working as a team. So this is happening right now. Have you noticed how easy it is for people to get offended? I mean, you say one little thing and people just, woo! All offense, you know. You got to be careful today how you say hello. Yeah. I mean, if you've got a tone in your voice when you say hello, what, what does you mean by that? Yeah. Did you hear the way they say hello to me? I mean, everything is such an offense. So we got to be careful. Uh, uh, offense is out there. So let's be careful with, with offense. Amen. And so all of these things are beginning to take place even now, church. Look at verse 11. And many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. All of a sudden, I have noticed, since 2019, there has been an increase in prophets in prophecy. The Bible tells us that if a prophet prophecy does not come true, then he is a false prophet. Thank you. We better be careful when we say, thus saith the Lord. Amen. Preachers need to be careful when they start speaking on behalf of God and say, thus saith the Lord. Before you start listening and counting on someone to be a prophet and trust what they're saying, you better see what they're saying. Is it really coming to pass? Has it come to pass? Do they have any prophecies that's come to pass? Be careful. Another thing, too, is you need to look at and see, does it line up with God's word? Amen. If somebody's giving you a prophecy and it totally goes against the word of God, you can count that's not a true prophet. The, the prophecy will always line up with the word of God. Amen. Always line up. So be very careful the voices that you're listening to. And question them. Matter of fact, you can go back in today's times. You got YouTube and all this stuff. You can go back and say, okay, how many of these prophets I want to listen to? How many of them was beating their desk and saying that Trump would not leave the White House? Hello? That's a sign. I, I saw prophets. I told my wife there was one on TV. And man, I mean, she was, her eyes were big as like that. And I mean, she looked like somebody possessed. I mean, and she was pounding that desk and she was declaring, thus saith the Lord, that Trump shall not leave the White House and all this stuff. And I looked at my wife, I said, she's either the biggest 
prophet that I've ever seen. And if her prophecy comes true, I'll follow her to the gates of hell. It's either that or she's a false prophet and a fool. Well, which one of y'all figure out was the way she went? Amen. So we got to be careful. Wackadoodle. She's a wackadoodle. Amen. You got to be careful of these, these, these prophets. But here's the thing is all these prophets that were prophesying that Trump would never leave the White House. Next thing you know, some of them are on TV and they're apologizing uh, uh, for their prophecy that did not come to pass. So they were telling you, hey, I'm a false prophet. It didn't come to pass. But here's the thing, and, and, and listen, there's been times I have missed it, you've missed it, sometimes we miss it, okay? We miss things, we, we misunderstand God, sometimes we misunderstand the voice of God and we miss it. But I want to tell you, there's a repentance that you go through. And when somebody is really repenting, trust me, they go back to the learning tree. Amen? But you know what they did? The very next day, they got up and started prophesying again. There was no repentance time of sitting down and going back to the learning tree and saying, God, how did I miss it? Help me not to miss it again and have that repentance time. Come on. And seeking God. Have you ever been there? Have you ever just missed God? And you say, you know what? I just need to sit down and get tuned into God for a while and figure out how my life got this way and figure out what I've done wrong. But they didn't do that. I mean, the very next day, TV cameras are rolling and they're prophesying again. I'm telling you, church, be careful. Be very careful with the ones you hear saying, thus saith the Lord. It better line up with the Word of God. But since, uh, since people like prophecy, let me give you some prophecy this morning. Amen. Let me give you some prophecy this morning. Amen. Well, before we go there, let me, let me go to Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah chapter 23. Amen. In verse 21, Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 21, the book of Jeremiah is so important because in Jeremiah's time, there was false prophets prophesying prosperity. There was false prophets prophesying to the king of that how strong he was, how mighty the nation was and how God favored him and that nobody would be able to come and take over the nation. This went on and on and on. Jeremiah was the only one that kept prophesying the, 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 that the Babylonian king was coming and telling Israel, you need to repent of your prostitution. You need to repent of your wickedness. You need to repent of all these ungodly things that you're doing. And if you don't, then the king of Babylon is coming to take over. Jeremiah was the only one through 30 years, over 30, I think about 33 years, I think it was, that he was prophesying and telling the king, look at what it says in 21. I have not sent these prophets. This is God speaking. Yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel and caused my people to hear my words, then they should have turned from their evil ways and from the evil of their doings. Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him, saith the Lord? Do not I feel heaven and earth, says the Lord? I have heard what the prophets said that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. Oh, my Lord, he's talking about dreams. I think everybody had a dream in 2019, 2020. So many dreams that people were prophesying. How long shall this be in the hearts of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they prophets of the seat of their own hearts. You see, that's what the problem was, was people were prophesying what they wanted. 
They were prophesying what they wanted instead of what thus saith the Lord really was saying. But let me, let, me, let me introduce to you a real prophet. A real prophet. His name is William Branham. B-R-A-N-H-A-M. Branham. William Branham lived in 1933. This is when he prophesied this. In 1933. Listen to this. Always go back and research. When you hear this prophecy, you can realize that William Branham was a real prophet in 1933. Okay? I saw families driving automobiles that has glass tops. I saw families driving automobiles that had glass tops. Have y'all seen the new the Ford that has the glass top on it? I parked in front of one just the other day. They have glass tops. I'm not talking about a sunroof. I mean, from the the whole cab up there at the top, it's see-through. It's glass. You can see through it. He said this in 1933. Listen to this. I saw families driving automobiles that had glass tops and didn't have a steering wheel. It was controlled by some kind of radar or something. Does this sound familiar to anybody? People were playing games while it drove itself. 1933, this young preacher in his 20s went into a trance. He got into his car and and, and the Lord took him into a trance and he saw this. Cars with glass tops. They're making them right now. Y'all know they are already making driverless cars. They're already prototypes out. You've already seen it on the news, okay? Can you imagine talking to somebody in 1933 and telling them one day a car would drive itself? Can you imagine that? I imagine they thought this guy is cracked up. This, this, this preacher has lost his mind. A car drives itself. Have you ever heard of anything so ridiculous? I can just imagine the persecution he suffered because of this prophecy, yet he kept telling it. He was so convinced of his prophecy, he kept telling the story. But listen to this. Not only was he talking about that, he also said that cars would start looking like eggs. Egg shape. In 1933, how many of y'all, some of y'all live in 1933, so y'all help me out. No, I got no. <laughs> but y'all still know why I'm telling the truth because my first car was a '66 Chevy Impala. Come on, and I know that all cars that were born or made or created before, between the time they were created to the '66 Chevy Impala, were rectangle. Am I right? Yeah. Cars were rectangle in the old days, right? Big old, big old cars were rectangle. He said that cars would be oval shaped like an egg in the future. Are we not seeing that already? Some of y'all drove here today with an oval-shaped type of car. It's not rectangle. So he saw this in 1933. Listen to this. This is what else he said. William Brown, y'all can look this up. True prophet of God. America will become ruled by a woman. Hello. A woman will take the place of a president of something of great high power in America. Remember, 1933. 1933. When did you when did you ladies start voting? Huh? 1933. A woman will take the place of a president of something of great high power in America. I predict before the coming of the Lord, a woman will rise to be the leader. I saw a woman, listen to this. A woman will either be president or come to some great power of some sort in the United States before the annihilation. Of the world. 
I saw a great woman rise in the United States, well-dressed and beautiful. Now, I don't know what your opinion of Kamala Harris, but I'm going to tell you, I think Kamala Harris is a good-looking woman. A lot of people think she's a good-looking woman. Well-dressed. Well, her husband thinks she's a good-looking woman. Amen. I was talking to my wife about Pelosi, and Pelosi said, well, she ain't good-looking. I said, well, her husband thinks so. So beauty's an eye of beholder, okay? I said, beauty's an eye of beholder. What about Trump's daughter? You going to tell me Trump's daughter's ugly? Come on now. Come on now. Let's be, let's be real this morning. But listen to this. I saw a great woman rise up in the United States, well-dressed and beautiful, but cruel in her heart. She would either guide or lead this nation to ruin. Later, he used the word pollution. Remember in that day before the end comes that a woman, a woman, now you all keep all this wrote down. This will be a powerful woman raised up, either to be president or a dictator of some great power, a woman in the United States, and she, America, will sink under the influence of this woman. Do you know how close we are right now in America to having a woman president? We are so close. Listen, before the man got sworn in the presidency, they were already talking about uh, uh, him not being competent enough to carry out the term. Did he not? They were already talking about that. This man wrote this in 1933. 1933. Okay? This is what else he said. The morals of our women are going to fall into such degrade things that they're going to be disgraced of all the nations. I saw a woman standing in the United States with a great, like a great queen or something. She was beautiful to look at and wicked in her heart. She made America step go with her step. Beautiful to look at but wicked in her heart. They say that Kamala Harris is the most liberal senator. She was the most liberal senator up there in Washington, D.C. All right? How many of y'all think that William Brandon might have been a real prophet? I mean, his prophecy is true about cars. We now have a, we are now this close to having a woman president. Come on. Amen. I mean, who, who's really running the White House up there? I think it's Pelosi, don't you? Come on. Now listen to this. Immediately after that, I saw the United States as one smoldering, burnt over place, blown to bits. It was near the end. I have seen looking just like stumps burning, rocks blown out, and the whole United States just looking bare, laying like that as far as I could see where I was standing. He predicts a great devastation coming to America. You could, a great devastation coming. He also went on to write that he believes that this woman president or queen or dictator, whatever she's going to be, will be in place when the rapture of the church happens. Amen. Amen. So there's some great prophets out there. There's some great prophets out there. We need to be careful who we're listening to. Make sure the prophecies line up with this. Amen. Go over to verse 12. Because sin shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. All church. Are we not seeing this already? There is a time, I had a flat tire here a while back, and there was a time... That, you know, if you broke down on the side of the road, somebody would pull over to help you. 
Y'all remember them days? Huh? If you experience that today, any, any time, no. It's very rare. I, last time I had a flat tire, people were passing me and not even thinking about slowing down. Amen. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. But there was a time that neighbors helped neighbors. Amen. If your barn burnt down, your neighbor showed up the next day with wood and they built your barn back. If you needed a roof, next thing you know, they're climbing on your roof. Amen. I, I mean, I've heard wonderful stories about farmers were sick in bed and could not harvest their crops and their neighbors come together and harvest their crop for them. Some of you have told me these stories about your childhood and growing up. I want to tell you something. We're not living in that day no more. The love of many has waxed cold. It has waxed cold. In verse 14, And then the end come. And then the end come. The end of peace upon the earth. The end of the church because it will be against the law for us to even gather and go to church. You know, this has already happened, hasn't it? Were we not locked out of our church? And we, we were not allowed to be in our sanctuary? Were we not being hounded? Even to go outside and have church outside, were they not coming against us? I want to tell you, church, that day's not over. That day will come again. And we will experience it again. It's already happening around the world. It's already happening in Canada. It's already happening in other countries. Don't think that good old USA will be protected from this end time prophecy. It will come. It, I thought y'all liked prophecy. Hello, why don't y'all shout me down right now? I'm giving you real prophecy that's going to line up with the real Word of God. You know, when the 2019 thing happened and the word COVID came out, the Lord spoke to me and, and told me that I need to go back and you want me to go back and research what happened 100 years ago. And as I went back and I researched what happened 100 years ago, I ran into some things that I thought was very interesting. 1918 Spanish flu. Amen. 1918 Spanish flu that carried on in the 1919, 1920. You know what they were doing? They were wearing masks. They were being persecuted. If you did not wear a mask, you're being persecuted. They would have been forcing a vaccine if they had one, but they didn't have a vaccine. Do y'all not see a parallel here of 100 years ago? That was the first thing I saw. Listen to this. In 1920, just 100 years ago, church, Hitler ran on a democratic socialist platform. Hitler ran on a democratic socialist platform. In 2020, socialist democrats were elected in, in office. Do you see the parallel? 100 years ago. And 100 years ago, Nazi controlled the propaganda. They controlled the media. Okay? Secular media today are the liberals' mouthpiece. Are they not controlling it? Amen. Put something on Facebook that that's, uh, doesn't go with their fact checker and see how close they shut you down. Amen? Big tech. Big tech is in bed with the government, trust me. 100 years ago, the German media silenced opposing voices. Today, tech giants ban conservative voices. Ban conservative voices. How many people we know are, got banned off Twitter? There's, been, there's preachers that are banned off Twitter. There they are. I don't even fool with Twitter. Like I, ain't, I ain't fooling with that. I don't even like fooling with Facebook. Listen to this. A hundred years ago, the Germans prepared concentration camps. 
Y'all know what I'm talking about? Concentration camps. You might not have heard this, but you can research it and you'll find out I'm telling you the truth. Liberals are speaking about reprogram reprogramming camps. Reprogramming camps. They want to pick you up and take you to a facility until you start thinking like a Democrat and a liberal. They want to flood you with information and reprogram you. They're talking about this right now. Reprogramming camps. The left is talking about doing this to people. Come on, I thought we liked prophecy. Amen. I'm showing you 100 years ago. 100 years ago, all this was happening. The Germans began arresting protesters. 100 years ago, the government began arresting protesters. In the time you and I were living in, we just talked about that. Now listen to this. Many German Christians supported Hitler at first. Today, many Christians are supporting socialism. There's a lot of Christians that are voting Democrat. They're voting that socialist ticket. That's happening. It's a parallel. The Jews, the Jews were targeted as enemies of the state 100 years ago. Today, Christians and patriots are targeted as enemies. If you are a Christian, you are a patriot, you love the good old USA and the way you grew up and your freedoms and your rights, now you're becoming an enemy of the state. All this is parallel to what is happening. Anybody heard of Lester Summerall? Lester Summerall, a powerful minister, related that when he was a young man, he was speaking in Germany at the same time that Hitler was running for chancellor. During a night service, the pastor of the Protestant church informed Lester that the offering that night would go to support Hitler. The future dictator would use media propaganda announcing Christians and churches in Germany supporting him that he would recognize and favor them in his administration. Think about it. A hundred years ago, the church was supporting Hitler. Hello? It's, it's a parallel. All these are parallel. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 15. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 15 says, That which has been is now. What is King Solomon telling us? History repeats itself. History repeats itself. Okay? What was and has been is happening again. It's happening now. So all of this is repeating itself. A hundred year, year old history that we don't teach our kids anymore in the schools and some of us have completely forgotten about. You need to go back and, and think about all the conversations you had with your grandmother and your grandpa, amen, about how they came through the depression days and how hard life was back then. Because I'm telling you, history is repeating itself. It's repeating itself. Amen. So all these things are, are beginning to take place. In the 19... 29, the world went through a, a great depression. Stock market crashed. Banks were closing. Okay? How many, how many of you ever heard of, of Pastor David Wilkerson? You ever heard of him? If there was another great prophet, it was him. He predicted, he predicted the COVID-19 pandemic. He predicted that in 1986. Go back and look it up. You want to hear a real prophet, go back and listen to David Wilkerson. That was a real prophet. He talked about how New York, he said New York would be the epic center. He called it out. I mean, he lined it up. This happened in 1986. He called it out. 
So go back and listen to him. One of the predictions that he, he kept giving over and over and over again was the collapse of our economy. The collapse of our economy. Now, I had a, I had a dear, sweet uncle that raised me when I was just a little boy. And I'm telling you, my aunt and my uncle, they always had a garden. There's only two of them. They had no children. I, they considered me their child. And so, but even though they had no children and it was just the two of them, they would grow a big garden. A huge garden. More than they could possibly eat. And every year they would can and they would freeze. I mean, you could go to their freezer and it'd be slapped full. But this is what they did. When they, when they got there, before they brought the harvest in, they emptied out their freezer and gave all their food away. They just give it away. And then when they filled their freezer, they turn around and do it again. Give all their food away. They Come get these beans. I, I, I got nowhere to put them. Come get these beans. Come get my tomatoes. Every time you saw them, they would give you food. It got to the point every time Angel and I would go visit, I mean, we couldn't see out of the back mirror, out of the back window of the car, because every little, every little place you could stick something would have something in it. Because my aunt would make sure we, had, we were taking home a supply. Amen. So I asked my uncle one time, I said, why do you do this? Why? As I was growing up, I said, why are you doing all this work? I mean, you go to a grocery store, your canned beans are right there, your corn is right there. And of course, you could say, son, they don't taste the same. He was right, y'all know, know what I'm saying. A canned corn and corn with that garden, that's two different things, praise the Lord. He was absolutely right, but he had a much deeper reasoning that I didn't understand. He said, son, I grew up in the Depression days when there was no food. He said, we ate possum was our meat. Anybody here ate possum? He was a possum eater. He said, the only meat they got was possum. He said, it was rare to even get a pork chop. It was rare to get one of those. He said, I grew up in a time when there was no food. If you didn't grow it, you didn't have it to eat. So he learned how to can. And then he looked at me from the time I was little. He said, son, remember, it can happen again. He always warned me that there would be a day coming that the Great Depression would come again. I'm going to tell you, we almost had a Great Depression the last time that recession hit. Yeah. If it wasn't for certain things taking place, we would have went right into another Great Depression. I told you last week I had a can of, of, corn, of, of vegetables out here, and I told you it's time for you to start stocking up on your food. And I don't mean if you have grown a garden, and you've worked a garden, and you canned it, and you did all that. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you three more instructions. Y'all need to write this down. Three more instructions. Not only do you need to start storing food, okay? Start make sure you got food at home. He said, well, preacher, I'm going to go in a rapture. That's true. But you don't know how much you're going to see before a rapture comes. And, and listen, in 1933, I'm sure there was Christians saying, I'm sure they were looking up at the eastern sky saying, this must be the time. But yet it wasn't. They were in the beginning of sorrows. How much are we going to see before the end time comes? How much are we going to see? So make sure you got food at home in case you can't get to the grocery store or the grocery store is closed. This is happening all over the country. We got ships, hundreds of ships now. I remember when it started out, it was 30 ships out there. Now it's hundreds of ships that they cannot unload sitting out to sea with cargo. Sitting out there. And I want to tell you, the government's doing that on purpose too. They're trying to cripple our economy. Trying to cripple our economy. One, one, of, the, the, one of the ladies in church messaged me last week and, and, and said, I'm at the store and they got a sign up that says, correct cash only. 
And my response is, well, how are they going to get your money away from you and take all the cash away from you if they don't take your cash but not give it back to you? You've got to have correct cash. You've got to have to make sure you get the correct coins because they're not going to give you any change back in coins. Instead, they'll just put it on your credit card. How else is the government going to swap up all the cash? That's exactly how they're going to do it. So not only do you need food, you need to start saving cash. In the 1930s and the Depression days, they were hiding money in jars in the backyard. They were digging in the backyard and burying their money they could get because they knew they couldn't trust the bank. Come on. There's going to come a time, church, when we can't trust the bank. They're going to collapse on us. They're going to shut down. Our ATMs are not going to work. Oh, the computer glitch. You know, we can't give you money today because of the computer glitch. I've already been to the bank and said, why are you charging me a bank fee saying I bounced a check? I know I didn't bounce. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Hendricks. Computer glitch. You know? So they're going to do it. Keep some cash on you. Keep some cash in your home somewhere safe in case you can't go to the ATM for two weeks. Amen. So you need food. You need, you need cash. And the third thing is keep your gas tank full. Don't let your gas tank get empty. Amen? I, I'm telling you things that, I, that I'm preaching to my wife and saying we've got to do this too. Yeah. We need to make sure that we have gas in our car. Listen, when it gets to that half mark, just go fill it back up. By the way, it's bad for your car for you to be driving on empty anyways. Picks up trash and water. Gets through your injectors. Tears your car up. Just don't do that. Go fill it up. You get to that halfway mark, go fill it up. Because what are you going to do when you get to that place? Well, you need gas, and the gas station is closed. Or the gas, don't have, the gas station don't have gas. Have we seen that already in America? It's coming again. So write those three things down and implement those three things. You say, preacher, you're, you're, you're preaching as if the, the world's coming to an end right now, and, and, and we've got to do these things right now, and we need to panic. No, you don't need to panic. You need to open your eyes. I'm not telling you all these things to put fear in you. I'm telling you all these things to prepare you for what's coming. Prepare you for what's coming. All these things that we're going to see take place. And we're going to live through some hard times. But just because we live through these hard times don't mean that the Lord Jesus Christ is not going to be there for us. Let me remind you, there was frogs in the land of Egypt, but there was no frogs in the land of Goshen. There was darkness in the land of Egypt, but there was light in the land of Goshen. Come on. Amen. God is going to take care of His people if we live and operate by faith. But let me tell you, you need more than just faith. You also need wisdom. And what I'm giving to you this morning is wisdom. Because all these things are coming to pass. I showed you two things this morning. I showed you what the Lord said about the end of time. All right? Now, one thing we need to keep our eyes on is Israel. And we'll get into this in a later time. We're going to get into it today. Keep your eyes on Israel because the third temple has got to be built again. And the daily sacrifice. Listen, they have not killed an animal and put it out on the altar before God since 70 A.D. If I was a Jewish man and did not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'd be freaking out right now. Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So if I was in the Jewish community and did not believe in Jesus, I would be in full-blown panic mode. We've got to go get us something to kill it and sacrifice it. Amen? This is what I'm telling you. The Scriptures tell us that the daily sacrifice will come back. Keep your eyes on Israel. 
But don't wait till then before you get yourself prepared today. Don't wait. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back quick, brother. He's coming back soon. Sooner than we realize. We need to be ready. In other words, we need to be rapture ready at all times. Rapture ready at all times. And we're going to continue on this series. And we're going to talk about some things. We're going to get into the book of Daniel. We just don't have time today. We're going to talk about the book of Daniel. We're going to get into Revelations. But listen, we need to be rapture ready at all times. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you need to get saved today. Amen. You need to be saved right now. Amen? Right, right now. Let's all stand to our feet. <clears throat> Father, I've, I've given your word the best I know how, God. I've shown them the parallel, Lord, of a hundred years. But guys, we can see the destruction. We can see how our government is lining up with a hundred years ago and what was happening. Lord, let this also be reminded of the great outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Let us also be reminded, Lord, of what you did for the church a hundred years ago. Let us also remember the great revivals that came out of the Great Depression. Let us also be reminded of the healing crusades and the great men and women of God that rose up with such a powerful anointing upon their life. Lord, let, let us be reminded of the latter rain prophecy, God, that we are entering into, that we are living in the latter rain, God, that the latter rain will fall, and your, your call to righteousness will rise again, God, that people will seek the altars, God, that the end-time harvest is soon to come. God, if we want to look forward to something, let the church look forward to the end-time harvest as, as we prepare us, God. As you prepare us to live in these last days, let us remember the great outpouring of your spirit, Father, and let it fall again. I know, Lord, that what the devil has, has aimed as he's bringing back the hundred-year curse, God, that you also bring back the hundred-year blessing, the hundred-year blessing upon the church, when people are going to be real again and not counterfeit Christians, God. Let us be real again, Father, and seek after your spirit and seek after your throne. Lord, let your anointed fall even in this place right now, oh God, let it fall. Lord, remind us. Remind us of what's important in life. Remind us that not only is our time short, but if we're going to do anything for you, we must do it now, God. We must do it now. And Father, I thank you, God. I thank you for this revelation knowledge, God. I, I thank you for the prophecies that we've heard that we know line up with your word, God. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are working through your people, that you are working through your church, God. I thank you, Lord, that you are giving us strength, that you're giving us faith, that you're also giving us wisdom. And Father, I give you the praise and honor for your wisdom in my prayer is that you will continually speak to the church. That you will continually give us wisdom, God, on how to live in these days that we are living in today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. As our sister is playing, if there be anybody here that don't know Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, I, I beg you to come out right now. I beg you to come and and just walk to this altar and kneel on this altar and cry out to a holy God this morning. If you're here and you don't know, you're not sure that if you died right now or if the, if the trumpet of God would blow it, you're not sure. 
And I beg you, come and get in this altar. Come and get in this altar now. If you're here this morning, you need prayer. You need special prayer. You want to stand in the gap for somebody. Won't you come? Won't you come? Hallelujah. I, I tell you what, I feel in my spirit to do this. Every one of us, every one of us have loved ones. We got family, we got children, we got grandchildren that don't know Jesus Christ. They're not serving the Lord. Can we just can we just come up to the altar church? Can we come to the altar this morning and, and cry out for their soul? Can we just cry out for our children and our grandchildren this morning? Cry out to God. We must pray for them this morning. Pray for them, church. Just come and find yourself a place to pray this morning.
and all the time. Come on, church. We're almost at the end. Amen?